0: What is up, you guys? I am back with another episode only because I am homesick from work today. Um, I should be in school as of right now. My kids would normally be going to breakfast at this point in our day. Um, However, I felt really sick when I woke up this morning, so I called off and I'm home alone now. My sister went to school because she's in high school and my dad went to go work somewhere that is not our home office at our house today for the whole day. So I am home alone with my dog and I think I'm just going to pass the time talking to you guys about a couple different things, Um, giving some more details about what happened in the last year that I was off of Anchor and kind of just talking about some other topics that I think are really important. Um, I'm going to talk about how I've rebranded my channel here on Anchor, um, if you haven't noticed that already, because my profile picture has changed, my name of my my show has changed, and also the bio as well for what the show will be about. Um, I will t- go more into that in another segment, um, however, I also want to talk about uh, the double standard that I give myself when I record for the podcast, and I also will just be talking about other random things that happened throughout my sick day and yeah so if you are bored home from school sick like I am if you are unemployed and need something to do stick around and I will hopefully be keeping you entertained for a long time today (laughs) stick around so just a word of warning, um, if my recordings kind of change in terms of echoiness um, that will be because I am walking around my house doing things, <laughs> trying to get some stuff done despite being sick today, um, and I'll probably be going into different rooms, some of them are more echoey than others, and that's why they might sound different, um, but... Today, I want to talk about a couple things. The first thing I want to talk about is rebranding. Um, I just recently came back to Anch- Anchor literally yesterday, and I realized that my show name and bio were still about what I originally made this podcast to be about back in 2017 when I was obsessed with Hamilton. Um, I was still calling it the Hamilton Chat, and that even in the last year like, right at the end before I deleted Anchor, really didn't reflect what the show was even about anymore. Um, I was just too lazy to change it. And so now now that I'm back, I really want to change what that looks like because I want to change the topics that we talk about. I want to kind of make it more, like, on brand with what I do now as a teacher. Um, So we have changed the name of my podcast, the name of my show, to Miss Coniglio's cra- Classroom, because that's my name. Miss <laughs> Coniglio. That's what I go by with my little four-year-olds, and trust me, I've gotten every version of my last name you could possibly think of from a four-year-old's lips. Um, but that's what we're going to call it now. I thought about changing it to be the same as my teacher Instagram But I don't think it looked quite the same as it would if it was like a cohesive title. Um, So it's Miss Coniglio's classroom now. And basically what I want to use this podcast for, you can see in the bio that I now have for this channel, is I want to talk about education stuff. I want to talk about things that really matter to me. Things that I'm learning about early childhood education because I'm so new to it. And I'm learning new things about my job every single day. Um, and I want to really have like an interactive experience on here. Like I want to find other people who are intrigued. Oh, I think that means that the dryer's (laughs) done. I don't know if you could hear that, but this started beeping. Um, but I also want to interact with other people who find this, these topics really interesting thing. People who find early childhood education to be important and have opinions about how things are done, because I would love to talk to people about what I do, um, and, get better ideas for my own classroom from other people. I love taking people's ideas. Not passing them off as my own, but using other people who have already been where I'm at and know how to do things better than I do. Um, So, that's what this podcast channel is going to be about now. Um, Of course, I will still update you on my life like I used to before I deleted Anchor a year ago. Um, I feel like that gives it a more personal feel. So, I will continue to Talk about things that just happen on a day-to-day basis as well. Um, I haven't quite figured out a upload schedule because I don't want to have to be held to something crazy like uh, an episode a day or, you know, an episode every other day. So I think I'm going to try and do twice a week. I'm not sure what days those will be uploaded on, but I will try to do two days of podcasts every week. Um, Whether or not those are going to be long or short, I'm not sure Depending on what time I have to be able to devote to this But I definitely want to, you know, grow this channel Make an impact in the education world in in a way that's different um, Than Instagram and just, you know, talk about my life It's nice to have, like, you know, something to talk to And get out all my, my thoughts, too So Um, if you're down to continue to listen about education and you care about it and you would love to interact with me about that, you should definitely favorite my channel if you're new. Um, and if you are someone who used to follow me and you're just now realizing that I'm still alive, um, I would appreciate it if you stuck around. Um, I think education, especially for young children is so important and I really want to kind of make my mark on that in my career, so stick around if that's something you're into, Um, and I'll be talking about a couple other things today, Um, not a ton of them education based, but at least starting to talk about those types of things as well as some others. since before yesterday, I hadn't had Anchor for a whole year. I, when I think about the app and like what I want to do on it, I still think about it in the way that it used to look and the way that you used to be able to do things. Um, and you can kind of hear that I don't quite understand the new way that they do things on this app because when I talk, sometimes I say things that don't exist anymore. Like in an earlier segment in this episode, I literally said, Hopefully, I'll be keeping you entertained for a long time today. (laughs) And I said that because in my head, I was thinking of the old version where you didn't really make an episode from the get-go. Like You made segments and you just uploaded them a couple different times throughout the day. And so, if you were someone who was on Anchor and you listened to other people, like you would constantly be checking in with other people's channels throughout the day to see if they had uploaded new segments. And it was almost kind of more like a feed than an episode. And then you could go in later and choose all the segments from that day that you wanted to create into one episode. Um, but it it was never like all compiled into one episode from publishing. Um, it was kind of more like a feed. So when I said that, I meant the old way of doing things, not the new way of doing things. <laughs> and i'm still trying to figure out a lot of stuff about anchor like i'm trying to find a lot of the older music that they used to let you use for background music um because they've expanded their library for background music a lot in the last year and i did find some of the songs that i liked to use before my favorite one from the old days was this song called frontier um, I think it's under folksy or, like, folky music under the that category of background music. But I used to use that literally all the time. And I don't know why. I think it made me think of, like, the Broadway show Oklahoma. <laughs> and it was, like, pretty cheerful. And since it, I used to be a Broadway account, like, it made sense that I would use that. But, um, yeah. So I'm still trying to figure out a lot of things. I'm, like, figuring out the whole, like... Ad reads and, like, monetizing part of stuff. That was never a part of the old Anchor app when I had it a year ago. Um, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to reach more people because my old account, when I used to have it a year ago, was never really about, like, building my audience. Um, I mostly just came on here to talk. <laughs> and I was kind of just documenting my life for random people that were hopefully listening. I didn't really know how many people or care. Um, it was mostly just me talking into the nothingness and I have definitely changed since then. I definitely want to like have more of a community this time around. So Hopefully I can achieve that. Hopefully I can kind of build my audience on here. Talk about things that actually matter. Stick to an actual topic. (laughs) Um, Because I really didn't stick with the Broadway one for long. I ran out of content really quickly. Um, In some ways it was kind of nice though. because, Because I was just talking and spewing thoughts. Like when I came back yesterday for the first time in a whole year. Like I went back and I listened to a lot of my old podcast episodes. And... Some of them were literally addressing future me um, because I was going through some pretty dark stuff towards the end, right before I deleted Anchor. And it's just crazy to like hear yourself talk to yourself um, and basically say, "Hey, you're going through a lot of really crappy stuff right now. Hopefully, your life is so much better um, in the future, and things will get better. I know they will. They suck right now, but I know that things are going to get better." And then like a year later listening to that and really thinking, wow, like, things have changed and things are way better than they used to be. Like, I'm definitely not in that dark place that I was a year ago with some of the things that I was dealing with. Um, so it's been really interesting to kind of go back into my old archives of episodes from a year ago and, like, hear the difference in how I used to record then looking at the way that anchor is now trying to figure out all these new bells and whistles that i'm not familiar with and just trying to get caught up i feel like i'm like a veteran even though i haven't been on it for like a whole year like i was one of like the originals i originally got on this app because of um jordan (laughs) jordan from blimey cow um he was the one that kind of introduced a whole bunch of people to it through his youtube channel so I got it because of that, because I wanted to interact with him, and then it just kind of spiraled into something bigger than that, um, but yeah, it's been an interesting journey for real, Uh, I definitely want to continue with it, um, it's nice to kind of document your life for your future self, I think I'm still gonna do that. I mean, I am in a very interesting point in my career right now because I'm just starting out. I don't know a lot of things um, and I'm learning new things about my career every single day that I'm in the classroom. So, you know, I I really do want to document this time because, you know, years from now as a teacher, I'm going to be like, wow, look how far I've come as a teacher. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing (laughs) and like... Or why did I think that way about that topic in education? Like, things have changed so much. Co- education's constantly changing, so I know that things that I talk about on this channel are not going to be true in, you know, 10 years. Um, so it's interesting to kind of document that experience, and I would rather do it this way than, than in journaling. I don't get hand cramps from doing this. I might get a sore throat from talking so much, but it's like a it's like a verbal journal, and I kind of think that that's something worth doing um, for self reflection and all that. So yeah, <laughs> I never know how to end segments. Um, I just kind of keep talking and rambling, and there's no like set end point, and then. I just kind of fade off into the nothingness, and then I stop recording. So if you guys have any tips and tricks about how to end your segments and make them sound kind of cohesive (laughs) without just trailing off and being like, so yeah, and then ending recording for that segment, like, please let me know, because I'm fresh out of ideas. another thing that I wanted to talk about very briefly is that I have this kind of double standard that I put on myself whenever I record for anything. Um, I am a perfectionist. And so anytime that I make any type of like verbal stumble (laughs) or like have too long of a pause in between my words in a sentence, like I immediately have to go back and delete the recording, start over, and basically re-record whatever I just said. Because, I don't know, I would feel like I just put myself in this box of like, it has to be perfect, it has to sound like I know what I'm talking about. And when I think back to other podcasts that I've listened to, um, the main podcast that I listened to the most, besides Anchor and random people that I met on here, um, was The Unqualified Podcast by Anna Ferris. Um, and one of the things that I really loved about her podcast was the fact that she kept all of her all of her verbal mistakes like in her podcast. And it in her podcast, I liked that because it made her seem like more human. It made her seem more real. And especially since she's kind of, like, a celebrity and she's a movie star and she's, you know, she was married to Chris Pratt, like, who I absolutely love. Like, she just kind of seemed like this unattainable, like, celebrity person prior to listening to her podcast. So the fact that she would keep all of her verbal mistakes in her podcast recordings made her seem more down-to-earth, more human, more real. But then, at the same time, like, I would record and I would not allow myself to be the same as her. I would not allow myself to make those verbal mistakes and I kind of had to stop and think about you know why why is that like why do I not want people to know that I you know slip up like I'm human I make mistakes when I talk. I literally always (laughs) literally always am like stuttering over words especially when I'm trying to talk about something really important. That seems almost kind of rehearsed. Um, but I love to cut that stuff out. And I think that's because society has kind of made us believe that we need to show everyone our highlight reel. Um, so social media, especially, um, I go on Instagram all the time and I, especially on my teacher Instagram where I'm following only other teachers, Um, and I see, you know, all these amazing things that they're doing in their classroom and these crazy activities that look like they're so fun and engaging. And I kind of almost beat myself up for a second because I'm like, oh my gosh, why can't I do stuff like that? Like, why am I not a good teacher? Why can't I come up with activities that keep my kids engaged? Why can't I think of things that are different that'll make kids learn things in a fun new way? Like I think about it in that way, but then I have to check myself and think, you know what? This is a highlight reel. They may have had a really great activity plan for today, but maybe it didn't go the way it was supposed to go. Or maybe, um, they had a lot of problem behavior that day and they're just not saying anything about it. Like I have lots of problem behavior every single day, but I don't broadcast it to the world. So I think the same thing goes for podcasts. We've been kind of conditioned through all other social media to be putting our best foot forward, only showing our highlights, not showing our mistakes because that makes us feel too vulnerable. And, um, I think I want to kind of challenge that. (laughs) Um, so hopefully if my stuff, if my flubs of my, of my speaking are not too bad, I'll probably still upload them. I'm going to try and be better about doing that. However, if it's like really bad where I just like don't talk for five seconds because I lost my train of thought, I'll probably go back and re-record it. Um, just because your time is just as valuable as mine. And I've especially kind of found myself re-recording a lot with the ad reads because obviously they're important. They don't give you ad reads unless you do a good job on the ones you've already done. So I will try and be more real with those as well. Um, it would be nice to make some money off of something that I'm passionate about because God knows teaching is not a great pay, but, um, yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, and this is a long rambling, (laughs) a long rambling recording, which probably goes against everything I literally was just saying about, you know, stumbling and stuttering and anyway, um, I want to encourage anyone else that does podcasts and does recordings like that to just kind of be a real person, (laughs) to allow yourself to make mistakes when you're talking and to be able to show that you're, you're real. Like that, that makes you more human to other people. Um, it's not something to cover up. You don't always have to be perfect all the time. Um, which I know is easier said than done. I'm a perfectionist. I know. (laughs) But yeah, I just feel like it's something that's not said enough. Um, Broadcast your failures. It makes people relate to you more. It makes people see you as human. And we definitely need more of that in our world today. All right, so now I'm going to get into the real meat and potatoes of this podcast. Um, I would love to talk about what I learned yesterday because I didn't have any kids yesterday. We had an Act 80 day, which means we were just in trainings for the whole day. And I really wanted to talk about the things that we were trained on. Um, We were trained on childhood trauma and like understanding it and helping our kids through it. Um, especially since I work in an inner city school district, that's so important. A lot of my kids are going through a lot of different types of trauma, um, whether or not they disclose it to me. Um, but so that was the thing that we did in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we talked about, um, incorporating early literacy into our classrooms more. The program that I work for, since it's a state program, a state funded program, uh, it is so, so, so heavy on literacy. Um, The curriculum is so much more academic than regular preschool and we're really trying to close that gap for these kids that come in, not from the best home situations and not from the most like print-rich or literacy-rich households um, to be able to set them up for success when they go off to kindergarten the next year. So we talked about literacy in our classroom, ways we can incorporate it, activities that we can do um, and kind of just understanding how to break down literacy into smaller more attainable skills Um, we do phonemic awareness every single day so that was part of it but um, I just really want to talk about both childhood trauma understanding it relating to it helping your kids through it and also talking about the literacy rich environment that your classroom should be especially in early childhood education Um, so I'm going to be making two different segments after this, one about each of those different trainings. Um, so if you are here because of your teaching or you're here because you want to learn more about teaching, especially early childhood education, this is what you came for. This is information that's going to help you. Hopefully, like it helped me. I feel like I'm better off knowing this stuff. Um, and If you follow me on Instagram, like I had plugged yesterday at the end of the podcast, you might have already looked through my story, which I talked yesterday evening in my classroom on my story on Instagram about everything that I learned. So I'm kind of going to reiterate some of that. It might sound a little redundant if you went over there and saw that already, but I will also be adding some new information. So in the morning of our act 80 day, we had a training on understanding childhood trauma. Um, And basically what it covered was the different types of childhood trauma that children may be experiencing that we have in our classroom. um, And also how it affects child development and also how we can help kids who are experiencing these different types of traumas. Um, And also kind of checking our own privilege just to see, you know, if we have had these childhood traumas and how we can use our past experiences to relate to these kids and to help them through what they're going through. Um, so we started off by, you know, going through the different types of childhood trauma. You know, the, the really obvious ones are all the different types of abuse, um, whether that be verbal, physical, sexual. Um, growing up with a family member who's incarcerated which is a really big one for where I work because I live and I work in the inner, inner city. So a lot of my kids, you know, one of their parents is in jail or, you know, they have a family member who's in jail. So that one definitely was one of the bigger ones that I kind of noticed with my own kids whenever we were going through the different types of childhood trauma. But, um, they also talked about, you know, living with someone who's mentally ill, living with someone who's constantly drunk or high. Um, and, you know, having your parents get divorced. All of those those things, they they fall under childhood trauma because especially at a young age, those things just kind of change your entire world. Um, And a lot of times kids don't even realize that that's not normal. They just kind of accept it for what it is. Like they know that it's not great, but they don't know any difference. So they just kind of accept it as normal. And it's not until they, you know meet other people who, you know, maybe they have, their parents are still married, um, they have both their parents in their house, they don't have any drug problems affecting their family, um, they've never been abused, that they realize how traumatic that really is, um, that when they figure out that it's not normal and that not every single kid has experienced what they experienced, that's when it becomes very traumatic, Um, so we talked about the different kinds of trauma. We talked about our own traumas. We kind of talked about how we deal with trauma. Um, like when we experience things that are really difficult, um, what do we do? How do we react? Um, and a lot of us said things like I lash out or I isolate or I kind of don't talk about it at at any point because I don't want to be a burden to other people or I you know, feel the need to fix everything and I get very fixated on things that are not going my way. So we talked about that, how that might be a reaction that a child might have. Um, we also talked about, you know, checking our own privilege. Um, and to do that, we did a questionnaire. It's called the ACE questionnaire and ACE stands for, um, adverse childhood experiences. And basically, it goes down a whole bunch of different questions and you answer yes or no to them. Um, basically asks questions like, have you ever been belittled, humiliated, sweared at, cussed at, or otherwise made to feel like you would be, you know, physically harmed by someone in your family? Um, have you ever lived with someone who was mentally ill? Have you ever lived with someone who was incarcerated? Have you ever lived with someone who, you know, sexually assaulted you or physically assaulted you or verbally assaulted you? Um, all the different types of traumas that we had basically already talked about at that point. And if you answered yes to any of those, you would give yourself a point. And if you answered no to those, you wouldn't give yourself a point. And so your score at the end really was indicative of how much childhood trauma you had really experienced. Um, so if you had a really high number, then you had experienced a lot of childhood trauma. Um, and if you had a really low number, then you hadn't experienced as much or any at all, if you had a zero as your score so we all took the questionnaire um I scored a big fat zero in every single category so my overall score was zero which means I have experienced no childhood trauma which while that's great um I also kind of can't relate to some of the things that my kids may be going through because I haven't experienced them myself um and so that was kind of almost like a check your privilege moment of like you know, your kids are going through so much and they may not disclose that to you, what they're going through, but it could be the, res- the, 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 the reaction they're having is the bad behavior that you're seeing. So you have to really think about, you know, what they're going through, what they may be not disclosing to you um, about what's going on at home. And I think often if something doesn't happen to us, we just kind of assume that it isn't happening. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. It's not something we've experienced. So it was a check your privilege moment of like, what am I ignoring because I've not experienced this myself? Um, why, why when I see bad behavior is, you know, what's going on at home, not my first reaction because I haven't had any type of bad behavior as a result of childhood trauma. Um, that's not my first thought when i'm thinking about why somebody is behaving badly because i haven't ever used that as a reason for my own bad behavior um and so it was a really check it was a real check your privilege moment and i really felt that that was important um and we talked about you know how you can make your classroom a really warm inviting you know safe space for them to come and learn when they're not at home and dealing with all of these childhood traumas. Um, We talked about, you know, trying to make them feel normal just for, you know, the six hours a day or eight hours a day that they're with you. Um, And when they're experiencing those childhood traumas, like that's all they really think about is what happens when I go home. And so, in order to make sure that they are staying on track, learning wise and learning all the things that they need to learn to be successful in life, I mean, it really all starts in pre-K. That's when you learn all the basics of everything um, before you know kindergarten, which also counts as early childhood education. It's really, really important for us to try and get through to that kid because. If they are experiencing these childhood traumas, we need to do everything in our power to make sure that they stop. Um, And that starts with creating an environment where they feel that they can talk to you about what's happening at home, Um, a safe space where they can reach out for help. And once we resolve that, then we can create a place for them where they can learn and that they can get back on track in terms of education. So, we talked about that a little bit. Um, and we also played a game. I'm blanking on the name right now. But basically, we built a brain. We were divided up into different groups. I think there were seven groups of, like, four or five people in each. There was four people in my group. And basically, you construct a, quote-unquote, brain of a child. Um, it's a basically like a a, a card game that also involves like pipe cleaners and straws. And so you roll a dice, you find out what the basis of your brain is going to be. And if it's a really sturdy, um, if it's a really sturdy base, it's going to be immensely easier for you to continue to grow. Um, but if it's really not a sturdy base, then, you know, everything else on top of that is going to be a little topsy-turvy. So, It kind of was an analogy of, you know, when you're born, you're born into a situation. You're born into a family that you don't necessarily choose. And sometimes that family and that situation is great. Sometimes it's not. Um, And so it's really a gamble. (laughs) You don't really get to choose. And so my group was lucky enough to roll the highest number. And so we had the strongest base. And then we were able to roll again and get... Um, some more emotional supports, and that's also in quotes because they were technically straws, um, that you can use whenever you want within the first five years of your kid's life to strengthen any pipe cleaner that doesn't have a straw on it already. So basically, you build your base. After you build each level, you can't change anything about the previous level. So you build off of it and build off of it and build off of it for eight years. Um, The first five years you choose three cards. They're either going to be, you know, a great thing that gives you a pipe cleaner and a straw. It's going to be a not so great thing that only gives you a pipe cleaner, or it could be in the middle thing where you have to roll. And if you roll an even, it's a good thing. If you roll an odd, it's a bad thing. And then you might get a straw with your pipe cleaner. It might, you might not. So basically you build your brain and build your brain and build your brain. You want to have your brain be the tallest out of everyone's structure. Um, but it's a really great a really, really great analogy for, you know, children's lives. Like, they don't get to choose what happens to them. Um, they don't get to choose whether or not their caregiver is really great or really not so great. Um, and they don't get to choose whether or not they, you know, have the emotional support that they need or they, you know, get hit by a natural disaster or, They get bullied at school or, you know, there's just a million different things that happen to kids every single day that either help or hinder them. And when you're in that part of your life, in those first couple years of your life, it really changes how your brain really is wired um, because it's still forming. So it was really interesting to see like how having a really strong base at the beginning was helpful later in the game. Um, having a really great home life, essentially, and having a really great supportive environment to live in um, basically made your life easier <laughs> going forward um, and made your development stronger. So it was a really fun game. I will try and look up the name of it and tell you in a different you know, podcast probably what it is because I can't think of it right now. But it was really fun. Ours fell over. Later in the game, they have these things called weights. And they're, like, a weighted thing that you can have to hang on different parts of your bot- of your brain. Um, and if you don't have that firm foundation, it's probably pretty evident that you could potentially have your thing fall over. If it falls over, you're disqualified. So those weights are, you know, terrible things that happen later in life in the last three years, in years six to eight. And I thought that that was a great analogy for, you know, if you don't have that firm foundation of your development in the beginning, when bad things happen to you later, you're not going to know how to deal with them and you're going to crash. So it was a really cool game that I don't feel like I've ever heard of before. (laughs) Um, And it was a great analogy for just, you know, What we're doing every single day really matters because especially with early childhood education, like we're forming these kids' minds and these perceptions about themselves and how they deal with things. And we're giving them the social emotional skills to be able to solve their problems. And we're giving them the academic needs that they need. And it's all part of a great big base that's gonna carry them for the rest of their life. Um, We're forming these young minds every single day. And it was kind of cool to see it physically in this game. Um, So we did that. (laughs) We talked about, you know, some strategies to use with some of our kids. Talked about de-escalation. And it was a really great training. Like, I felt definitely more prepared coming out of it than I had when I work in that inner city school district. Like I sometimes feel a little bit out of place because I've didn't grow up in an inner city area and I haven't experienced any type of trauma (laughs) growing up. Like I had a great upbringing and a great childhood. So I don't really understand (laughs) what these kids are going through. Like I feel for them. I do. I just don't know how I would have dealt with it if I had been in their shoes. So I don't really know how to help them. Um, and I've definitely felt more prepared coming out of that training to deal with my 20 little four-year-olds, um, and what they might be dealing with at home than I did before I had that training. So hopefully that information is helpful to you. Um, if you would like to check your privilege, like I mentioned before, um, you should definitely look at the ACE questionnaire. Again, that's ACE, which is standing for, um, adverse childhood experiences. And it's a really great eye-opener for whether or not you have experienced half of the things that some of your kids may be experiencing. Um, and if you do use any of the information from that training that I just relayed to you, let me know. Um, Let me know what you use for strategies for kids who come in, maybe not having the best upbringing or, um, the best behavior as a result of childhood trauma. Um, let me know what you do. And I will, I would just love to, you know, kind of continue that conversation with people who care about, you know, the kids that they teach. So when I started recording this podcast, um, I had an idea of, like, how long it would take me to record the whole thing, and then how long it would take for me to, like, edit it and broadcast it, and so far, that timeline has been completely scratched. Um, I started recording this on Friday, and now it is, uh, the Wednesday after. So, I've been a little busy. Um, after my sick day, I had, like a ton of stuff going on over the weekend, and then I was, like, you know, into the new work week, so I've been crazy busy since last Friday, and I never finished recording, Um, but today, uh, we were supposed to have a professional development, like, meeting thing after our early dismissal at 12.50, but um, the people who are going to come and do the training for our meeting, they are not allowed to come because um they had to take a day off basically because um they worked for the state government so they had to observe a like national day of mourning to honor the late president bush so they were being sent home early today and they couldn't do come into our training so instead of us going to this training we've just been in our classrooms all afternoon um my assistant teacher left for the day so i'm just kind of in my classroom by myself getting stuff done but before she left one of the things that we had to do in lieu of not going to that training was looking at the powerpoint from the lakeshore um training that we had on our professional development day like our act 80 day last week um and so we had to come up with like things from that training that we can re be using in our classroom um whether that's from the Lakeshore box of stuff that they gave us at the end of the training, or, like, the stuff from the actual training itself, um, so it was kind of a good refresher of what had happened in that training, because I was thinking about that today, and I was like, oh my gosh, I never finished my podcast, and one of the things I said I was going to talk about was that training. It's been so long now, it's been, like, almost a whole week that I don't remember what we talked about, so they sent us the, the presentation, basically, the PowerPoint that she had used for that, Um, and so I have it queued up that I can talk about some of the things that she had went over with us. Um, so I'm going to do that now just so that I can say that I did it and to get it done. Um, and then I will talk about some of the things that they gave us in our box. Um, I will probably do a like Lakeshore haul video. (laughs) Like I said, I was probably going to do on my teacher Instagram. So if you head over there, to um, edu.kate.r on Instagram, um, then you will probably see me making some sort of live video <laughs> about what was in our Lakeshore box that we got from that training. Um, but I'm going to go over some of the stuff that she talked about in the training now just because I have the PowerPoint queued up and I thought that it was really important, some of the things that she talked about. Um, it had to do with helping children expand their oral language and vocabulary so basically just talking about like you know things that you can do in your classroom and in every part of your day that is going to help them with their phonological awareness um and just their oral language in gen- in general so stay tuned for that so one of the first things that she talked to us about was what phonological awareness is Um, and she did some activities with us throughout this whole training that kind of kept us engaged but also helped us to literally like act out what phonological awareness is like um, and how we can do activities like this with our kids so one of the first things she had us do was she had us cheer our name so like for me you had to like if for every syllable of your name you had to do a movement and then you had to teach it to somebody else, and then the other person had to introduce you using your movements and basically cheer your name. Um, so for me, I took the easy way out and just did Kate because <laughs> I couldn't think of more than one movement that wasn't super embarrassing. Um, but I could have done, like, Caitlin or, like, you know, I could have done my full name, which would have been, like, Caitlin Coniglio, and it would have been, like, a lot of movements. But I just had, like... um I think I just did like some weird hand movements where they were like almost kind of like doing a wave across my hands. I don't know, it was weird. But I did it for the one syllable of my first name. Um, but yeah, some of the ones that people came up with were really cool. That's like another way that you can like teach syllables to your kids. Um, <clears throat> then she had us talk about like the difference between phonemes, phon- phonological awareness, and phonics um, which I was surprised they, like, didn't really know the technical definition for any of them um, because I've definitely had classes about, like, how to teach reading to kids, Um, but, yeah, I didn't have, like, any type of, (laughs) like, in my mind, at least at that moment, any type of actual definition for any of them. I know phonemes are, like, the parts of words and, like, phonological awareness is, like, the letters and, like, phonics is, like, how you kind of put all that together to learn how to make words and read, Um, but she went into that more specifically so like phonemes um it's like recognizing individual sounds and you can connect that the letters represent sounds um and you it may or may not correspond with letters of the alphabet so like sometimes a sound might not be just one letter like it might be like two letters which would be a blend um so that was phonemes and then she they were just talking about language and how like sometimes language can be really tricky Um, for like cat is super easy because it's like you know you have your beginning sound of k, you have your middle sound of a and your last sound of your ending sound of t or t and um, but then there's like other words like phone where like two letters make that sound and then there's that silent E at the end so like you it's harder for kids to understand those types of words um, because it's not so like every letter corresponds to one sound um, and you hear every sound um, So like for the word hedgehog um, She had us like tell us how many sounds we hear So like hedgehog is h e h e d g e h o g, And it's all one word But like you hear the huh sound The F sound The J sound is the D-G-E because the E is silent So that's three sounds so far Then another huh sound an ah for the o and a g for the g so there's actually six sounds in hedgehog but there's eight letters so that would be a very tricky word for kids to understand who are not really good with their phonological awareness yet um and then the word for texts like that you send on your phone like there's the t sound the f sound the x is actually two sounds because it's like a k and an s so it's So that's actually two sounds so that's so you put would say two sounds for x another t and then a sound at the end so that's actually six sounds but it's only five five letters so it was just kind of tricky to like take apart some words that were so like where we just know them by now because we're full adults and um sometimes those things are really hard for kids and i didn't really realize that also x can make a whole bunch of different sounds so sometimes it is two sounds like in fox because it makes that KS sound, but like in excited, it makes just a K sound because it's excited and the C is the s sound. So that would only be one sound that the X makes. Then exhibit makes a G sound, it's exhibit. So it's not really like an X sound. And then xylophone makes a Z sound. It makes a xylophone. Um, so those are all things that are really tricky for kids because we teach them that x makes the X sound, but like not in every word does it do that. Um, then we did some phonological awareness. Um, basically, it means that you recognize and produce rhyming words, you recognize words in spoken sentences, you blend and segment syllables into spoken words, and you orally blend and segment familiar compound words. Um, so it's like kind of building off of those phonemes. And it also is blending and segmenting onset and rhyme in a sil- single syllable spoken word. Um, It's identifying initial and final sounds in spoken words. Um, And it's mostly oral. So it's understanding that spoken words and syllables are made up of sequences of speech sounds. Um, So it's more oral than anything else. And then for phonics, it's recognizing relationships between sounds and written symbols. Which is how we learn how to spell things. We know the letters and we know their sounds. That's how we learn how to spell. You know, hooked on phonics and all that. And then it's also recognizing sound spelling relationships so it's associated with print um so then we did these cards they're lakeshore product they're called let's talk Um, and there are a whole bunch of different cards that all have different questions on them we had a couple at each table and basically we had to read ours go find a person they would ask their question to me i would ask my question card to them we would answer them switch and then go to our, a new person. So I only got through like three rounds of that before she had to sit back down. Um, but it's things like, you know, what did you, uh, what did you really like about today? Or if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? Just kind of things to get kids talking. Um, so those would be a really great thing to use in your classroom. Um, just to kind of have kids talk about stuff and broaden their vocabulary in the process and use their words Um, because for some kids that's really hard to do. So there are some building blocks to everyday literacy literacy that she talked about (coughs) which is conversation, vocabulary, story comprehension, language of learning, print knowledge, and phonological awareness. Um, She went through pretty much all of those but I'm not going to do that because it'll take forever um she also went over seven steps to engage our learners in phonological awareness um teaching language and listening through the senses so using sounds modeling the language of phonemes listening and drawing on a sound like drawing it out so she had us do some stuff with some pictures again this is all stuff that i really couldn't show you or like i couldn't really tell you about it without showing it to you um she had us look at some pictures of different animals and so it was like a pig a cow a sheep and a horse and basically she was like what sound does this make can you write that sound out and it's really hard to write out sounds like that because they're not like confined by letters <laughs> so it was just an interesting way to like try and change how we do things like a, we say like a sheep goes ba, but like sheep don't actually go ba; they go like meh and, like, that's not really something that you can write out. Like, we usually teach them the sound that is able to be written out. Um, another thing we can do to help with phonological awareness is teaching nursery rhymes. Um, songs, tongue twisters, and, like, a fun and playful way. So you can, like, change the pace, change the style, and then create a, a zipper song. So a zipper song is basically, like, a well-known song that you just change the lyrics to. So we did if, you ha- if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> um so you can change the words completely or you can just add new verses to introduce new feeling words like instead of if you're happy and you know it," you can say if you're sad and you know it cry a tear boo-hoo or if you're mad and you know it use your words i'm mad (laughs) if you're scared and you know it get some help help if you're frustrated and you know it breathe in deep and then have them breathe um That's called a zipper song, um, which I think I'm definitely going to try and do that in my classroom because they know like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but it would be interesting to kind of change that a little bit just to see if they're paying attention and to also put in some new vocabulary words. Um, So then we did I'm a Little Teapot, same thing with a zipper song. Then we did things where they had, we watched a video of a Spanish classroom with subtitles where they basically had the kids act out a story which was really cool to show them like you know first first middle and end of the story like what comes next help them really understand the story like obviously those kids are never going to forget that story because they lived it um and so i think i definitely want to try and do that more of that in my classroom another thing you can do to help with phonological awareness is to use think alouds to draw attention up to the parts on which you want focus so if you're reading a book and you really want them to focus on a certain part, you can kind of start with those like, I wonder why blah, 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 blah. And that'll kind of be a think aloud to help them draw attention to what you're thinking about and maybe get them thinking on it, about it as well. Vocabulary is so huge with phonological awareness. So she put up a bunch of pictures and had us take like, I want to say it was 10 seconds for each picture to write down every word that comes to mind that you could use as a vocabulary word surrounding that object. So one of them was a penny. And I wrote down, like, a ton of different things. Like, I think I wrote down, like, money, coin, pay. Um, I think I wrote down... I don't even remember. I can get it out really quickly. I wrote money, coin, Lincoln, because Lincoln's on it. Sent, one, pay, useless. Because (laughs) apparently those are useless. Change, small, metal, brown, all those things. I only had 10 seconds. And then... There was a picture of a combine, a row of combines like going through a field, and I wrote farm, combine, field, rose, wheat, farmer, yellow, mow, collect. Um, and then
1: I had, there was a picture
0: of a subway car like that you'd find in New York City. And I wrote subway, train, transportation, city, fast, underground, track, car, people, passengers, exit, entrance, ticket. Then we did a couple more things. But um, basically she had us think about all the vocabulary that we could possibly use and how we really need to broaden our kids' vocabulary with their phonological awareness. Um, And like using correct vocabulary so they get the right point across. Um, I'm scrolling through. (laughs) So then another thing that you can do to help with phonological awareness is to help the children recognize that important parts of the nursery rhyme are, like, important. Like, you need to bring focus to certain parts of nursery rhyme songs, tongue twisters. You can clap on a word, you can say a word softer, you can leave a word out. Um, Another thing you can do to help with that is give the opportunity to produce new rhyming words, as well as words that begin or end with the same sound. For that one, she had us do this really cool activity where I got to draw a monster. (laughs) It's called Monster Draw. Um, And basically, there was this story that it rhymes so the kids can kind of figure out what comes next um and it tells them what they're going to draw next on their monster so like it says when you draw a monster it is said you always begin with its and then they would say head and they would draw the head of their monster then it would say he'll be able to see when he flies if you draw two bright eyes and then they would draw the eyes So then it goes through and basically says all the different parts like i'll tell you which way the cold wind blows our monster will need a great big nose Um, look to the north and look to the south now we give our monster a mouth some above some up above and some beneath our monster has lots of teeth now it's now under his chin let's just check that if that's where we should put his neck Um, so he won't be tipsy toddy let's give him a polka dot body um, if he really, really begs, I guess we could give him legs to make our monster nice and neat. We'll get, have to teach him to wipe his feet. To notice a notice sent by Airmail, we can't forget the monster's tail. Isn't he fierce? Isn't he hairy? But don't you think he's a little scary? So it's just something that like is super vague um, so that you'll see that everybody's monsters look different. I was actually pretty proud of mine <laughs> because mine turned out so awesome. Um, and I haven't done anything artistic in like a really long time, so I was excited about it. Um, then we did some more rhyming word stuff, um, it's called tip-top tipper. So it's tip-top tipper, where is your, and then you would say zipper. Um, tip-top tutton, where is your button, tip-top teeve, where is your sleeve, tip-top tocket, where is your pocket, tip-top two, where is your shoe. Um, another thing you can do with phonological awareness is provide increasingly more challenging rhymes and additional stanzas so if a dog choose shoes whose shoes does he choose then you would like repeat 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 um and just add more stanzas more rhymes get them to be more challenging over and over and over again um and yeah just repeat 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 i I mean Exposure is half the battle with vocabulary, it's just giving them that exposure, especially for where I work, where I work in like an inner city school. A lot of the kids that come into my classroom don't have, you know, families at home that are really working on that with them and like talking to them a lot because they're usually working a lot. So, like, they're not getting that exposure to vocabulary. Um, and I think as adults, we kind of dumb down our language when we talk to kids when really we should be doing the opposite. Like, instead of saying, like, Uh, like if a kid's getting really frustrated with something you would probably tell them oh well you you just need to keep trying you just need to keep trying when you could tell them oh you should just keep persisting keep persisting like that's a new word that they might not have heard before and then if they ask what that means then you can tell them and that's building their vocabulary so you shouldn't dumb down your language just because you're talking to a small child Um, it doesn't help them (laughs) Um, and if they don't know what it means, then you can just explain it to them. Sometimes words are really hard to explain, and that's why we kind of avoid it. <laughs> because sometimes it's hard to explain it without using the word and the definition. But, um, it's just one of those things that you need to, in order to get your kids on level with phonological awareness, you need to really build that vocabulary with them. Um, so then, it was almost towards the end at that point, um, look through okay so then they gave us the stuff in our box they gave us a whole bunch of stuff um and they had us like look through what was on our table which was one of the things that was in the box and basically look through the activity that was in it and like tell us tell how we would use that in our classroom um and how it could aid with like oral language development um so some of the stuff that was in on the different tables was like a world word building um pack a vocabulary pack a building sounds pack or no a beginning sounds pack a letter identification stack pack syllables retelling sight words rhyming all that good stuff um and basically each of them has like all sorts of different things (laughs) and it's uh, uh there's a lot of different things you can do with those So, at that point, it was at the end, they gave us our own box full of stuff, which I'll talk about in a different segment on this podcast, because I think this one's getting pretty long. (laughs) At this point, I'm at 17 minutes, Um, but that's basically what we learned in like three hours. (laughs) Um, She was a really great presenter, Um, I kind of want to know like what degree she has because I would love to like go around and basically tell people how to make their classrooms better um especially when it comes to literacy but yeah she was a great presenter she kept doing stuff with us all throughout the whole thing to keep us engaged which was really helpful because a lot of the stuff that I'm used to with PD is like just sitting there and having someone talk at you for like three hours so it was really nice that she would like kind of keep us engaged and make sure we were paying attention just by doing little things like um if you can hear me put one hand in the air if you can hear me put two hands in the air if you can hear me put your hands together like that kind of stuff to keep us engaged and make sure we were paying attention and then also um just trying to do lots of activities with us throughout the whole thing like I really liked the monster draw one and I liked the, the one where she made us come up with vocabulary words like I didn't think to do that um, and also just kind of shedding light on how complicated our language is um we don't think about it because we've literally gotten to a point where it's so natural like we're fluent in our own language but there's so much that little kids especially pre-k don't know about language or how to like put it all together or um you know, how sometimes one thing sounds one way, but if you put it in another word, it sounds a different way. Um, I'm just trying to teach my kids how to learn how to do like at least one sound from each letter <laughs> of the alphabet. We haven't even gotten to like blends yet. Um, but you know, sometimes A makes a different sound. A makes a different sound depending on what it's in. I makes a different sound depending on what it's in. E makes a different sound. Like it's, there's a whole bunch of different, different letters that make different sounds that you don't really think about once you're past a certain point in your life but I have to think about that because I have 24 year olds that don't know what I'm doing um so yeah if you have any questions about that um let me know I'm not sure if you can comment on podcasts anymore not sure if it still lets you do that I used to do that like a year ago but um if you have any questions let me know would love to hear from you send a note, send in some sort of message that I can post and answer on the podcast that would be great um and if you have anything to add that you think is really important that I maybe didn't cover or that I don't know then also let me know about that I'm always learning new things and I love to learn new things Okay, so maybe I won't be going through the lakeshore box because I think my assistant teacher literally moved it and took everything out of it and put it all in our storage already. And I didn't get a good look at it, so I can't really tell you what was in it. (laughs) Um, Actually, it's kind of weird. She literally just walked in here after she left literally almost an hour ago. Um, Apparently, she left her phone in our classroom and I never noticed. But anyway, now I'm back by myself. (laughs) Literally, she walked in like right as I finished that last recording. Um, It was kind of awkward (laughs) Um, because I was like recording and she walked in. Um, Anyway, I thought I saw the box and it's not the right box. I thought it was the Lakeshore box. It's actually our our box from Oriental Training (laughs) that we got stuff. Um, But yeah, I don't know what was in it because I didn't really get a look at it before we brought it to the classroom. And she took everything out of it and put it in different areas. I, th- these kind of look like they're part of it. Oh, they, they sold the plastic on This is probably it. So we got a magnetic learning rods, descriptive words. So basically it's like these rods that are ma- magnetic. There's a word at the top and then it kind of has a picture to kind of help you know what the word is. And then you have all these little things that you can kind of sort into the different words. Um, And then you can put them underneath on the rod part where it's magnetic. So, like, there's one that says round at the top. And the word round is inside of, like, looks like a pink bubble. (laughs) And then you have to find all the little pieces that are round. Like a clock, a beach ball, a button, a bike wheel. And you put them underneath it on the magnetic rod part. Um, So those are good for descriptive words. And then we also have more rods but these ones are category sorting so like one of them says farm and there's a picture of a barn with the word farm so you kind of know what it's talking about and then the pieces that go underneath it are a windmill a bale of hay a tractor and what looks like a farmer with a pitchfork (laughs) um so it's just category sorting which is always good let me see what else. Oh, uh, I think there's another magnetic rod. I don't want to get it out because it's very precariously placed in our shelf, um, called, it's probably about sequencing, and then there's a touch and touch and match guessing game. Um, so basically it has a bunch of cards with pictures on them, and you have to match them with an actual object of what that was a picture of so like there's pictures of realistic items like that they actually have in the box so there's 30 objects um assorted textures shapes weights um and then there's 30 corresponding picture cards and a one minute timer and basically they're building their matching skills with this um let me see what else we have i think that might be it for this shelf let me see what else I don't know if that's, that's in shrink wrap, but I don't know if that's from the box. Um, let me look in the other one. Hmm. Patterning magnetic board. That seems pretty cool. So that one, the patterning magnetic board is basically, there's a whole bunch of pattern magnets. There's 12 of them. And then there's 40 crayon magnets. So basically, the pattern magnets show a pattern of different colored crayons. And then they have individual crayon magnets that you can use to make the pattern that you see on the pattern magnet. Um, and you put them right across from each other. So it's just helping them to make patterning. Man, I should put that in my one area. <laughs> We've been working on patterning, and they're not really that great at it. So that would be pretty awesome to put in there, I think. Um, to put in like my table toys area we've been doing a lot of like sorting and patterning and stuff and some of them really aren't getting it so that could be a cool thing that i could use with that um let me look in this one if i see any more shrink wrap things it's probably from the box i don't see any there in our dramatic play shelf let me look in this one Alright, Um, not seeing anything here either. I don't see any... Oh, maybe that one's new. It's in shrink wrap, but I don't know if that's in there. She literally kind of talked about them, but she didn't really go over every single thing that she gave us. Um, we have a lot of Lakeshore stuff, so some of this might not be from the box that she gave us. Some of it might just be that we have Lakeshore items, because um, the kind of annoying thing almost about my program that I work for is that because it's a state funded government, a a government state funded program, we have to get all new things. Like we can't buy things from third parties like Amazon. So, um, we pay an arm and a leg to Lakeshore (laughs) to give us supplies and different materials and stuff that we can use in our classroom instead of buying them for a third of the price on Amazon because we have to, um, So, a lot of the stuff in here is from Lakeshore and I don't really know um, which ones are from the box from last week or which ones are from um, from literally any other day. (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying to put them back now so they don't get lost. There's the magnetic rods and then this needs to go somewhere. Where did I just take this out of that I don't even know where to put it? you ever do that i do that anyway that's what i can tell you right now as of right now i mean i don't know if even any of those were from the box because they were in shrink wrap but we have other stuff in shrink wrap from lake Tour that i'm not sure was from the box either anyway um so that was some of the stuff that they gave us i thought that was super nice of them um because not only did they send someone to spend three hours three hours of their time telling us about stuff (laughs) talking at us for three hours. But they also gave us free stuff. And Lakeshore is pretty expensive. Like I said before, it's way more expensive than, like, Amazon. So I thought it was super nice of them to give us that stuff. I'll definitely use it in my classroom. Um, maybe I'll make a podcast segment about that later to kind of talk about what how I might use each of those in my classroom. Um, I don't want to do that right now. I've been talking for, like, a really long time. <laughs> so I'm going to go. Um, I have about five minutes until I have to clock out for the day and I just spent like the last 40 minutes probably talking about things that happened last week um but I'm gonna continue to work probably past when I clock out because that's what I do almost every day and get some more stuff done before tomorrow and yeah hopefully any of the information that you heard on this podcast today was helpful um if it was let me know if you have anything to add, because I'm not an expert, <laughs> please let me know. And hopefully we can do this again soon. Um, I definitely want to talk about bigger topics like I did in this podcast. Um, whether or not it's from like an Act 80 day or not. But um, if you have any suggestions of things you want information about or, with with regards to like education, specifically early childhood education, send me a message. I would love to have some suggestions for what people want to hear on the podcast. All right. I am going to go. I never know how to end these things. I'm going to go and I'm going to go continue to work. And I hope you have a fantastic day. I'll catch you later.